Hello, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely Show, a podcast for women who want to clear their clutter and create space for freedom and joy. If your life keeps getting bigger, but not better, keep listening to learn about decluttering from the inside out. It's about creating a life that's aligned with your values and priorities, so you can have more of what matters and less of what doesn't. I'm your host, Jennifer, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Jen here, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely Show. Today, we're going to be talking about the morality of minimalism, or perhaps more accurately, the perceived morality of minimalism. All right. It's the way that we think about minimalism and clutter and how it can impact those around us, but also ourselves, and how sometimes the thoughts that we have just about clutter in general can actually be what's holding us back if we're struggling with our own decluttering. So it's a little bit out there, but just stick with me. I guess I'll start by saying that the idea for this podcast was inspired by an Instagram post that I saw a couple weeks ago. And I do apologize because I cannot remember the name of the account. If I think about it, I'll add it to the show notes. But basically, this account is an anonymous account on Instagram. It is someone who is the child of hoarders. And now that her parents, well, I'm assuming her parents have passed, she's having to declutter their home. And she's doing it anonymously because she said she could never talk about it in her real life. There was just so much shame. She's just horrified by the idea of people that she knows finding out, I guess, that her parents were hoarders. And she said that even you know, having this anonymous Instagram account, she was so nervous that people were going to judge her. And she was just saying how much she appreciated that the Instagram community was actually very supportive. And so this got me thinking just really broadly about how, I don't know if this is true in society as a whole, or if this is just more within, you know, the minimalist community. But there's a belief that people who have lots of clutter are bad, and people who are more minimalist are good. And sure, I know that when I say it that way, you know, when I spell it out, people are going to say, no, that's not true. But I think that on a subconscious level, whether we realize it or not, we are projecting that belief, right? So there's kind of this idea that You know, I read a blog post once, and again, I I don't know who to give credit to, but they were saying how they went to visit a friend and they were looking around a friend's house and they were like silently judging them for their clutter, right? And I don't know, when I read that, I was just a bit horrified. But then at the same time, it does happen, whether we're conscious of it or not. We're a little bit shocked when people have a lot of clutter and we kind of want to gravitate towards situations or people where there's less clutter. And Now that I do the work of actually teaching people, I have clients who I work with in my programs. What I found is that, you know, this is really debilitating. There are people who don't have family over or they don't have friends into their house because their houses are so cluttered and they're shamed, right? They feel horrified what people are going to think of them because they have all this clutter. And so what I've realized, again, through the work that I do is that this kind of belief is really dangerous. It's really quite hurtful for several reasons. First of all, and I hope this is obvious for most people, is that it's not true and it's unkind, right? Your worth as a human being is not defined by how much clutter you have. And I know how easy it is. I know it's a slippery slope. I know that when I had a lot of clutter, it's easy to believe bad things about yourself. 
I used to, you know, look at other minimalist blogs. Well, this is before this is before I had my own. To be clear, I would read minimalist blogs and say, "God, it looks like it's so easy for everyone else to declutter. You know, what's wrong with me that it's so hard for me?" And I remember thinking so many thoughts along the lines of, "Oh my God, I must be lazy. I'm mad at myself. I must be so materialistic. Why am I so petty? Why can't I get rid of these things?" And just worrying what people would think about me if they saw all of my clutter. And, you know, to some extent, I kind of see some of these comments. I'm in a lot of Facebook groups where for research, I like to read what kind of struggles people are having with decluttering and minimalism. And I notice that sometimes people are are probably coming from a good place. They're trying to be helpful, trying to give out decluttering advice. But some of it can maybe be a little bit condescending and maybe a little bit hurtful, right? When people say things like, don't keep sentimental items. Your memories, they don't live in your stuff. They live in your heart, for example. And of course, that's true. But at the same time, someone who's struggling to declutter, they know it's true as well. They're not stupid. They know that the things are not their memories, but they're still struggling. And so having that kind of advice thrown at you can kind of feel like shame, right? It can kind of be putting it like, what's wrong with me? You're bad because you can't just realize that your memories aren't in your stuff, right? And so you kind of get this like level of shame that kind of wears on you. And at the same way, we kind of really praise people who are ultra minimalist. And again, whether we're conscious or not, it's becoming like a culture of morality. Clutter is bad. People who have clutter are bad. And people who don't have clutter are somehow better, right? And so as I said, this is dangerous because it's not true and it's unkind. It's hurtful. You can hurt people's feelings, obviously, if you're trying to say that And again, I don't think that many people are doing this consciously, but if it comes across that you're sort of saying, oh, those people are bad because they have lots of clutter, that's a really hurtful thing. The Instagram account actually that I was talking about earlier, she mentioned the way that when people watch those TV shows that are full of hoarders, she knows that people are sitting there thinking, oh my God, what was wrong with these people that they let him get to that? And so whether you think that you're judgmental or not, there's probably still an element. You probably still watch those shows and there's like a bit of shock and maybe you have these negative thoughts that go through your mind. And I'm not saying all of this just to make, you know, record an episode about preaching people about being nice, although nice is important. The reality is what you project out, the judgments that you project out into the world are often a reflection of the judgments that you pass on yourself. So if you think that people who have too much clutter or who you know are moving towards hoarders, you know obviously it's a scale, right? There's such a different scale on clutter. Clutter means different things to different people. But if you have a negative mindset about clutter along the lines of sort of saying that people are bad because they have clutter because something must be wrong with them, then when you have clutter on a subconscious level, you're going to think that about yourself. And that's a problem because that creates shame and shame makes it hard to declutter. So I'm just going to quote any of you who follow my work closely know that I'm a big fan of Brene Brown. I really love her book, The Gifts of Imperfection. And one thing she taught me in that book is that there's a difference between guilt and shame. So guilt is when we think that we've done a bad thing. So maybe, you know, you've gone shopping, you've spent more money than you think that you're supposed to, you bought a dress that was way too expensive. If you feel guilty, you just think, I made a mistake, I'll go return the dress, right? But if you feel shame, you think, I am a bad person for buying that dress. And that's interesting because then what you do is you end up 
you know, have you ever done something like that? You've spent too much money on something. And logically, you know, well, I should just return it, right? That's going to be the simplest way, but you don't. Something holds you back. I've even heard people say, and you know, I understand this to an extent myself, that they're embarrassed to go back to the shop because they just bought something. And then the salesperson to be like, you just bought it yesterday and you're returning it, right? And that's kind of a sign that you're feeling ashamed. There's shame there and shame is blocking you. You think that something's wrong with you, that you made such a bad decision, that you bought something that you couldn't afford or you bought something that you'll never wear. And so when we have clutter in our homes, we feel ashamed of our clutter for whatever reason, whatever story we're telling ourselves about the morality of clutter, then it's really hard for you to take action because nobody wants to feel shame. If you think about it, right? Shame is like one of the most horrible feelings that you can feel when you feel ashamed for yourself. It's like burning from the inside out. You want to avoid that whenever possible. So if you feel shame about your clutter, you're not going to want to declutter it, right? If you have a dress that you spent $300 on and you never wore and you feel ashamed, you feel like an idiot for buying it, you think that you're a bad person and you're bad with money and only a moron. And I'm not saying this is true. I'm saying this because these are the kind of thoughts I used to tell myself when I spent a lot of money on clothes I never wore. So anyway, when you have those kind of feelings, I don't want to get that dress out, think about what to do with it. I don't want to face it when I'm trying to decluttering. I want to hide it. I want to hide it in the back of my closet and never look at it and never be reminded of the shame that is sparked when I see that dress. Okay. And so that's why we have to be so careful about just really, really mindful of our beliefs about clutter and how we associate it with morality. No one is better than someone else. We are all human. We have our own innate value. And I'm not better than you because I'm more minimalist than you. And there's nothing wrong with you if you have clutter. In fact, I really invite everyone to take a different approach to thinking about clutter and to really think about clutter less as a a mistake, less of like a sign that you're a bad person, and more to think of it as a symptom of somewhere where you need compassion, perhaps a little bit of help. A few years ago, I wrote an Instagram post. I can't remember when I wrote it, but I basically said that sometimes clutter is like scars, proof that we did hard things and survived. So for example, I used to be shopaholic. I had a lot of clothes, right? I bought an insane amount of clothes. I felt so much shame around having so much clothes. And if I focus on that shame, I'm going to shut down. It's hard to change your habits. It's hard to declutter. But if I instead take a more compassionate approach and say, well, why did I have so many clothes? Okay, I had so many clothes. If you listen to, I think it'll be two episodes back by the time this goes live. I filmed a whole episode about my relationship with my minimalist wardrobe and self-acceptance. And in that episode, I talk about the way that my insecurity led me to shop. I hated my physical appearance. I felt horrible about myself. So I bought clothes as a way to feel better. Okay. So now when I look at those clothes, I have two choices. I mean, obviously I've decluttered now. If if you follow my story, I don't have those things anymore. But when I went to declutter, I could have two choices. I could let myself feel ashamed of those clothes. I could beat myself up for all the mistakes I made buying them. Or I could be compassionate and say, hey, I bought those clothes because I was dealing with someone difficult and I didn't have the skills or the support to cope. I didn't have anyone in my life who could recognize what I was dealing with. I didn't have anyone who could hold my hand and help me work through it. 
I didn't have enough self-compassion to ask for help. I didn't have the knowledge to see the patterns, to see that I was in this cycle of shopping compulsively because I didn't know where to begin my self-love journey, which I know all sounds a bit cheesy, but it's true. Okay. And so my clutter is not saying, hey, I'm a moron. I'm not a materialistic person who couldn't stop shopping. My clutter is a reflection of I needed help with something and I didn't know how to get it. And when you have that shift in your mind, when you have an approach of compassion instead of shame and judgment, it becomes so much easier to let go because I believe that you have to make peace with whatever emotional connection, whatever is tying you to your clutter before you physically feel better, ready to let go, right? So I have to forgive myself. I have to start to learn to love myself. I have to feel compassion for myself before I can declutter my overwhelming wardrobe. And that's not going to happen if I am busy assigning morality to clutter. If I'm judging other people for having too much stuff, if I'm watching hoarders and on the inside I'm saying, what's wrong with them? Then I could guarantee you that on the inside I'm looking at my own clutter and saying, what's wrong with me? If you are struggling with decluttering, this is something that's really important to think about and just to check yourself and check the way that you think about minimalism. And also, it's also important because I talk about all the benefits of decluttering and minimalism. And yes, there are tons. You are not going to be a better person after you declutter your life. Who you are doesn't fundamentally change. Okay, you do create space. You create a lot of freedom, which gives you time to experiment, time to solve your problems. I mean, there are tons and tons of benefits to minimalism and decluttering, but you don't become someone different. You just create the space to maybe step into who you really are. Okay, but it's just important to to come into decluttering with that mindset and knowing that you don't become a better person. You're not holier than thou. You're not better than people that still have clutter. They just have things that they still need to work through, or they might just be in a different point of their journey. The other thing I think is important when we are talking about this concept of morality and minimalism, when we have a tendency to assign the idea of more stuff, bad, less stuff, good, is that for me, minimalism really doesn't have anything to do with how much stuff you have. And I know that might be a bit controversial. I know that language matters and that my beliefs are not probably the common or the most socially accepted definition of minimalism, but I'm just going to run with it anyway. I don't think that, you know, I've said this before, I don't care how many coffee mugs you have. I think you can be a minimalist and live in a 4,000 square foot home if you wanted. You could also have really decluttered, you could really have simplified and live in a small home and not feel content, not feel like your life is in balance. And that's because for me, minimalism is about alignment. It's about thinking about your values, your priorities, defining what enough means for you, what does enough look like for you, and then living your life accordingly. So for example, I wrote a blog post a couple weeks ago about six rules of minimalism I'm not afraid to break. And one thing I talk about there is how I keep sentimental items. You know, and I think that purists would probably say, I should get rid of these things. And I don't have a lot. I have limits. I manage what I own in respect to I keep what feels proportionate to my life. But at the same time, I keep things that some people might think that's not very minimalist of me. And I noticed that a lot of comments on that blog post were really people resonated with that idea because everybody has things that they want to keep. And the point isn't that you need to get rid of them for the sake of being a minimalist. It's not a contest to see who owns less. 
it is about creating alignment in your life and making yourself reaching a point where you feel good, where what you own, what you do, how you spend, all of it just feels really aligned with who you are. The way I think about it is that, you know, when I was a shopaholic, I used to shop and it never felt good. I mean, of course you get like that instant dopamine, right? Everybody gets that. You get that little high, but it would wear off quickly. And then I always felt like regret and resentment and I couldn't even enjoy the things that I purchased. But now that I'm a minimalist and now that I've thought a lot about my values and my priorities and I changed the way that I shop, when I buy something, I love it. Like I bought a pair of shoes before Christmas. I was going to the UK and I live in Australia, so I didn't really have any winter shoes. And I put a lot of thought into what I was going to buy and I bought them. And every day that I put them on while I was in the UK, all I was thinking was, I love these shoes. This was such a great purchase. And you know, now I'm back in Australia and it's summer and I'm not wearing them, but I still feel really good about them. I know that I'll wear them in the winter. It just feels like such a smart, aligned purchase. And I love it. And it just feels different than when you're buying things and it's inspired from a different place. And so my point here is just to really open your mind if you are finding yourself judging yourself for not being minimalist enough. Just really open your mind to the definition of minimalism. You can have tons of stuff and be a minimalist if you want to. I don't care what anyone else says. It's just about living in a way that feels really good for you and others are going to live in a way that feels good for them and we shouldn't judge them because A, it's not kind and because B, that judgment reflects back on ourselves and only makes it more difficult for us to live the kind of lives that we want. All right, so I know it's a little bit shorter of an episode. I'll be honest, I didn't really plan much for this one. I just had this thought and I was just so inspired that I just had to run in here, turn on my recording software and just brain dump onto you. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully it encourages you to think differently about minimalism and decluttering, to show yourself some more compassion, to show other people more compassion, and to really think about how much is enough for you, what feels good for you, and not to worry about judgment from other people as well. This is just about living life on your terms and aligning your home and your schedule and your to-do list, aligning all of that with what matters to you, with your values and priorities. All right, my friends. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful day and happy decluttering. See you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Simply and Fiercely show. If you want to learn more, you can download my free mindful decluttering guide and learn all the secrets that help me go from shopaholic to minimalist. All you need to do is visit simplyfiercely.com backslash free guide. That's all one word to get instant access. Until next time, thanks again.